Welcome to weekly messages from the pulpit of Graceway Baptist Church on Capitol Hill. Find out more at gracewaydc.com. Welcome to a new year full of new opportunities to serve God and give Him glory. We appreciate your continued listening and hope that what you hear in these messages helps you fulfill the role that God has designed for you this year. Now here's Pastor Brad Wells with the New Year's Day message from Graceway. your Bibles and go to the book of James, if we would. And I want to give you a message today about your future. And uh, this is this should be absolutely riveting to us because uh, our future comes moment by moment, day by day, and it's absolutely vital that we seize this opportunity. James chapter 4 And uh, James, the half-brother of our Lord, relates the incredible story of a a businessman, an opportunist of the first century that made some vital mistakes. And so I would like you to push pause right now on some of the goals that you might have, and we are going to look specifically at three elements, or rather three warnings that the Bible presents to you and I. And our title today, How to Have a Fresh Start for Your Future. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow. Notice a specific time. We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Now, verse 13 is not saying it's it's wrong to do business. It's not wrong to set goals. It's not saying that it's wrong to uh, um, uh, trade and, and, and make a profit. Not at all. Th- those are all good things. Verse 14, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. That is, you don't know what tomorrow holds. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. It's talking about the temporary aspect of our life. Verse 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, let's say those four words together, if the Lord will, if the Lord will, we shall live and and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, and here's the conclusion of all these thoughts, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Father, we come before you and we ask for your blessing. We ask for your direction here on this uh, Fresh Start Sunday. Here as we look at our future and what uh, lies ahead. Lord, would you direct us? Would you open our hearts that we might hear your voice and receive the warning from your word? And maybe even more important, receive light and direction for the steps that you would have us to take. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the back of your bulletin, you will find a little description uh, of the outline where I'm trying to go. And that might be an asset to you. Um, As we think of the word first, 
you need to realize this. God wants to be first. And so we start off with those three blanks there. Put God first. And go ahead and speak that into your neighbor's heart there. Put God first. Put God first. God wants to be first in your life. The first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You could summarize that by saying God must be first. God won't take second place uh, in your life. Have you ever had somebody put you in second place? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. You don't feel good. Uh, you, you want to be first in somebody's life. And God is not going to settle for the substitute of being second to anything that he created. Now, James here gives three specific warnings. And so I'm going to present these to you as beware. And our first blank here, or our first point is in verse number 13. I want us to beware, or rather God wants us to beware of selfish planning. Now, planning is good. You should plan. I have planned. I will plan. You should plan. Statistically, planning goes down as we age, which is a strange thing because you should be more attuned, better adapted to your abilities and your surroundings so that you could make better plans. But because we have disappointed ourselves, oftentimes we just don't plan. And as we surrender to the will of God and say, God, your will be done, that doesn't mean I don't make any plans. That doesn't mean I just wander and meander through life. That's a great problem. Uh, Psalm 23 and verse number uh, one and two says this. Well, let's say it together. You know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And I want to pause there. God intends on leading you this year. And so your chief goal, your chief goal above all others should be following God, following the leadership of the Lord. He leadeth me. God promises, God is inviting us, you and I, to follow him. I want to give you three more verses and just jot these down. Otherwise, they're going to just flow past you like like water down the, the brook and they'll be gone. Psalm 32 and verse number eight, just jot that down. God says this, I will instruct thee. You know, people pay a lot of money for instructions from an, from an expert. And God is saying, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. God wants to guide us. God wants to lead us. God wants to specifically show you the way that you're supposed to go. I will guide thee with mine eye. How would you like to have a guide that knows the way? How would you like to have a guide that is the way? Well, you do. Now, what fool would hire a guide that knows the way, that made the way, that is the way, and then ignore him? Well, I, I've done that many times, and I imagine you will, you have as well. In 2023, I want to say we absolutely must, we must determine to follow our guide, our spiritual leader that is wanting to 
instruct us. He wants to teach us. He wants to show us the way. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. Write down Isaiah chapter 30 in verse number 21. We did this last year, or maybe it was the year before as we went through Isaiah. Yeah, that was the year before. Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the what? This is the way. God's saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. Now, this is a strange thing because leadership leadership should be out front. So why is this follower of the Lord hearing a word from behind? Is God leading from behind? Absolutely not because the instructions are, this is the way. In other words, we've deviated from the right way. And you'll hear a voice from behind you saying, this is the way. If you've gotten off course, if you've lost your way, if you've found yourself in the brambles of life, God is calling to you and he's saying, hey, 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 this is the way. You've turned to the right. You've turned to the left. You need to come back and get on course. This is wonderful news. Even when you get off the path so far off that the right way is behind you, God is still calling you. Isn't that wonderful? Look at John 16 and verses 12 and 13. John 16. I have yet many things to say unto you, Jesus said there to his disciples, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth is come, it's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the Holy Spirit of God has always been working right from the beginning of creation. But when Jesus Christ came and revealed himself as Israel's Messiah, as humanity's Savior, and then died on the cross, was buried and rose again, he made the Holy Spirit available. That's why the Holy Spirit came 50 days or the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection. He will guide you. The Holy Spirit will come, and he's going to do this even greater than in the past. He will guide you into all truth. Now, you should be wrestling with some questions in your mind. You should be wrestling with some things in the Bible. I've actually found something just in the last couple months, a real question that I have about the Bible. Now, that question I have does not overthrow what I believe. It's a question. It's like, wait a minute, I, I see a new, a new shadow. I see a, a new element that doesn't, when you have a doubt, when you have a question, don't throw out everything you know. Just say, now, wait a second, what's going on? And I don't have the answer yet. And I've done some research and I'm going to do more. But I am dependent on my guide, my spiritual guide, the Holy Spirit of God, and he is going to guide me right into the truth. That's a wonderful thing. The pasture of the truth of God's word. For he shall not speak of himself. Even the Holy Spirit of God is not selfish. So our first point, watch out for this selfish planning. Most New Year's resolutions are selfish. They're all about self-exaltation and promotion. Watch out for that. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So God wants to lead us. He wants to show us. He wants to guide us. 
very similar to this. Romans chapter 8 in verse number 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That is, you can't really count yourself as a Christian. You can't really count yourself as a God follower if you're not being led. If you're always stumbling about and you never know what to do and where to go, you should analyze and check, am I truly a child of God? Am I truly? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He says, my sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. Do you recognize the voice of God? Now, way too many people live their youth as a mistake, live out their adult years as a struggle, and come into their old age, and it's a regret. Watch out for this mistake, struggle, and regret scenario that most people live out. Now, how do I do that? The secret is turning and trusting. Remember, you're going to hear a word behind you, and God is going to say, this is the way. And you have to turn and trust. Turn and trust. There's probably something in your heart and in your life that you need to turn from and trust in God for that element. No matter how long you've been following the Lord, turn and trust is the element. Now, let me give you a couple more verses. Psalm 66 and verse number 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, David says, the Lord will not hear me. Now, this is a very important concept. Prayer, while holding contraband in your heart, is a waste of time. When I know of a sin, I'm deceiving, I'm, I'm lusting, I'm... Um, I've got another God. I've got another idol in my life. And I try to pray and I go to church and I do spiritual things. God's not going to hear me. I think much of religion, much of it is a waste of time because people are regarding iniquity. It's not that they don't know. They know about it. It's lurking in the corners of their heart. In the, in the shadows of their life. And they need to turn from that. Determine today, I'm not going to walk out of this auditorium with sin still harbored in the docks of my life. First John chapter 1 says this in verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. What does that mean? I mean, God illuminates the path. The path is of the just is like a sunrise. It's like uh, ever brightening light coming into, into their life. But if we're saying, yeah, I'm walking with God, I'm a Christian, I'm following God, but yet I'm walking in things that are directly contrary to the word of God. I'm just deceiving. I'm maybe deceiving others, and I'm certainly deceiving myself, and I'm not doing the truth. Remember, God is the truth. He wants us to speak the truth. 
He wants us to love the truth. He wants us to live the truth. Here's an interesting verse, Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse number two. Ezekiel 14 and verse number two. And the word of the Lord came up unto me saying, son of man, these men have set up idols in their heart. Now here's Ezekiel and God's telling him as he's prophesying and working with God's people, God's people set up idols. But they didn't set up idols out in their front yard and on the mantle. They set up idols in their heart and put uh, the stumbling block of their iniquity, that is, their, their sins are causing other people to fall, the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. They're stumbling, others around them are stumbling. And then God is saying through Ezekiel to all the people, should I be inquired of at all by them? In other words, should I be listening to their prayers? That's a great question. Now realize this is God's attitude. When we have an idol in our heart, maybe it's our own comfort. Um, maybe it's something quite acceptable by our society. And we have erected that idol in my own heart. Nobody sees it. It's down in there. And then when I pray, God says to me, should I even be listening to this guy? What are you, what are you, what are you thinking here? That would be like here in our nation. If we have, um, what's the, what's the little, uh, the new harbor place here, uh, right in DC? It's the, uh, yeah, the waterfront. And, um, if there was some sort of contraband and some sort of illegal boat dock there and we all knew about it and they had all these things that were destructive and there they are. And the, the captain of that boat comes out and he's just sort of acting all patriotic and he's waving the American flag and he goes to see the president and goes to see the mayor of the city and, and asks all these favors and all these requests. Well, we all know about all this contraband and illegal things. We're like, we would be enraged. We would say, this is, he's, he's harboring evil for our city and for our people. Well, in the same way, sin is not so much just something that God hates. Sin is anti-God. God cannot have sin in his presence. So when we come and try to get close to God with known sin in our life, it's treasonous. It's wicked. Ezekiel 14. Watch out for these idols. An idol in your heart is anything you love, serve, or fear more than God. If you love this thing, you serve it or you fear it more than God, it's an idol. Now, I know I've erected many idols in my own heart. I have. And even as a pastor, I've erected my own ability to maybe to speak or to, um, to have people come to church or maybe to organize or any of these other qualities. These are good qualities, things that should be sharpened, should be uh, embraced and, and certainly learned. But if I'm not careful, I put those above God. Remember, 
Uh, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment, first. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So we've got to turn from these things. And you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's quote this together. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now, every one of us is on a journey. This journey we're calling the new year. We are going to be following God every morning, every noon, every afternoon, every evening. We are trying to advance and go forward. We want to see personal advancement. We want to see family advancement. We want to see community advancement, national. We want all these things. And the secret is right here. We've got to turn from certain things and we've got to trust in the Lord. There's so much trust that is displayed here in this verse that we can't even lean to our own understanding. That means I've got some experience, I've seen some things, I've done some things, and I can start leaning on my own experiences, my own recollection, my own understanding. Now, this isn't meaning that every day you're doing stupid things that you're a, you would uh, be disagreeing with, you think they're, that, that's insanity. This is not directing us to be insane. What it's doing is saying, my trust is so great, I don't even count my own experiences as worthy of taking any weight off of God's trust. When I lean on something, I take a little bit of weight off my feet and I'm, I'm leaning on this. And a true God follower is trusting God with everything. In everything I do, in all my ways, I am acknowledging him. In other words, there's no personal step that I'm going to take. I am acknowledging God in everything, whether I eat or whether I drink. I'm doing all to the glory of God in everything I do. Should I do this? For the glory of God. Should I do that? I'm acknowledging him. And he's going to direct my paths. As soon as we stop acknowledging God, that's when darkness starts to envelop us. That's when the mist of confusion wraps around us and we don't know what to do. Now, God wants to lead you and you can have that fresh, wonderful start this year. That's what God wants for you. But you're going to have to turn and you are going to have to trust. Everybody's got it? Everybody's got it. Point number one. Beware of selfish planning. I didn't say beware of planning. Beware of selfish planning. Number two, beware of foolish presumption. Selfish planning and foolish presumption. Now, back to James number four and verse number 14. Here we have uh, this first century businessman. Uh, he makes this huge mistake of presuming on certain things. Now, you really can't uh, really set goals if you don't know what's ahead, except for to presume. And Christians, you don't need to presume. You can make a genuine step forward in the will and in the light of God. Verse number 14, let me read it to you. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? 
it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Watch out for these presumptions. When you start presuming, you're going to make some big mistakes. Don't be a traitor making assumptions, presumptions. You're going to fail. You're going to lose everything you have. You say, well, I've got to take a big gamble. I've got to take a big risk. I've got to do this. No, the Christian doesn't have to do that. You just trust the Lord. You've turned. You're not leaning on your own understanding. You have no contraband uh, lifestyles or goods uh, in your heart. You're trusting God and you're striding forward and you are not foolishly presuming. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number one says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Don't boast of tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen then. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus gives a story of this guy we'll call the Better Barnes businessman. <laughs> and um, he's, he's wealthy. He's done so good. And he's like, man, I don't even have room to store all my stuff. And they don't have a store more just down the street and where you can rent some more space to store all your goods. So he says one night, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger, better barns tomorrow. And then I'm going to store all my stuff. And God says to him, thou fool. Tomorrow your life will be required of you. Many times we don't realize how short life is. Many times we don't realize there's no need for bigger barns because our life will be required of us. Absolute dependence upon the Lord. Now, Thursday night I said, it is the Christian's daily bread to know and do the will of God. If you don't know the will of God as a Christian, something's wrong. If you are not actively pursuing and doing the will of God, something's wrong. You should know and you should do. Now, I am not saying you should know way out there. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's just enough. Now, if you've ever carried a lamp, you know, generally, you carry it down here at arm's length and you keep the light of that little flame, which is not very bright, away from your eyes so you can sort of see. And basically, it just illuminates just a small circle around you. You can basically see this is the path and that is not the path. And that's almost all you can see. Now, every once in a while, you'll lift it up a little bit and try to see a little bit further. But as you do that, pretty much all you do is see the light right in front of you. And so you take a step. And as you take a step, you can see enough light enough illumination for the next step. And that's what God leads, the way God leads. That's what God wants, total dependence on that lamp, total dependence. Now, I don't know the whole way. Now, I might have set a goal, but I don't know all the steps. And so I'm depending on the light of God. Now, I want to encourage you to get one of our devotional calendars this year. I want to encourage you, those online, uh, we've already sent out, I think, about 20 uh, to, uh, to many different people. If you need one, we'll send you one. We want to get it out to you. And it's just really simple, a uh, uh, Bible reading plan. You might have uh, a different plan, and that's fine. I think one of the most important elements is it can't be my plan. It has to be your plan. 
Whatever plan you're going to follow, just own it and grab it. I am going to read the word. I'm going to walk in the word and I'm going to watch out for foolish presumption in my life because I don't know how long I've got. I don't know what's happening. Watch out for foolish presumption. Let me give you one more. And this is from 15 through 17. Everybody rolling with me? All right. Good, good. Verse number 15, we're in James 4. Verse 15 says, For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Our third point and thought for today is this. Beware of audacious procrastination. Now, the word audacious, if you're not familiar with it, simply means this, showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks, showing an uh, impudent lack of respect for the challenges before you. Now, you've seen an audacious person before, and uh, sometimes we're, uh, we're kind of uh, uh, encouraged by somebody's uh, audacious valor or, or courage, and it can be very good. But I'm actually kind of turning this around the other way, and I'm saying, tying audaciousness to procrastination. Now, there are two sins in the Bible. One is the sin of commission. And we always think of the sins of commission as the worst, the worst of the two. The other is omission. The things you do or the things you don't do. So if we were to take a poll here today, we would probably all come up with a similar version of what we might call the dirty dozen. Don't ever do these. These are the worst sins ever. Uh, murder would definitely be in there and, and theft and uh, um, adultery and and uh, deception and all these. Boy, these are the dirty dozens. These are the worst sins. But I want to tell you that actually... Sins of omission are worse than sins of commission. In Numbers chapter 32 and verse number 23, there is this passage. But if ye will not do so, so they're not going to do something, and this something is good, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Now here, the leader of Israel is asking these tribes to uh, go across the river. They were on the east side of Jordan, and they were supposed to go over into the west side to continue fighting the enemies of the Lord, what we now consider the West Bank. But they didn't want to go. They had gotten quite comfortable on the east side of Jordan. God said, no, 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 I want you over on the west side. And they said, no, and we're not going to go. We want to just stay here. We're content to just dwell here. This is what a lot of Christians wrestle with. They're content to just live with a so-so Christian life. A void of faith or maybe wavering faith. Uh, fighting some battles, losing other battles. Somewhat superficial victory over a... Uh, the different sins of the flesh. But you need to realize you're sinning not just against self, you're sinning against the Lord. God wants you to be an overcomer. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. God made me to be an overcomer. And you can overcome with the strength of the Lord. But when you choose to stay on the east side, when you choose to not go forward into victory, when you choose to play the victim card, what you end up doing is sinning against God, and that sin will discover itself in your life. It will find you out. You see, here's why. Sins of omission always lead to the sins of commission. Let me help you remember the story of David. David was a man after God's own heart. He was a mighty man. Uh, he was victorious. God was with him everywhere he went. But the Bible says that one day when it was time for kings to go forth to battle, he stayed home. And the reading of the passage shows that he slept in, and it looks like he slept most of the day. And then he got up, and when he got up, the sun was just going down. So he is now off his uh, natural body rhythm there of sleeping at night and working during the day. He's not doing the things that kings are supposed to do. And that sin of omission led him to sins of commission, which was uh, lust and murder. And so when we think of David and David's sin, we might think of aggressive lust. But I think all of that sin of commission came from his neglected duty. And so this year, realize this, my neglect of duty will lead to an aggressive lust that springs up in my, in my heart and in my life. You must develop habits that will take you where you want to go. Now, most New Year's resolutions say, um, I want to be in shape. I want to have $10,000 saved up. I want to get my cars paid off. I want to, you know, uh, have my mortgage at least halfway paid off or whatever. And, and that's great. Those are the end goals. But what you need to work on is the daily habits. This is what I'm going to do. These are my duties that I will not neglect. See, duties delayed are the devil's delight. Don't delay duty. Procrastination not only is the thief of time, it is the grave of opportunity. Don't procrastinate. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not a procrastinator. I'm not a procrastinator. Now, some of you were definitely speaking by faith right there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not a procrastinator. I'm not going to neglect my duties. <laughs> In John chapter 3, verse number 17. Now, John 3, 16 would be uh, the most popular uh, verse in the Bible. But verse number 17 says this. For God sent, his, uh, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn or judge everybody, but to save everyone. And then verse number 18 Here's this against procrastination. But he that believeth on him, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. 
You don't have to wait till later. You're already condemned because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know what this is saying? Lying doesn't send people to hell. Murder doesn't send people to hell. Adultery doesn't send people to hell. Jesus died for all those sins. The penalty is paid. You know who goes to hell? People that won't believe. Because Jesus paid for the sins. But when we choose to not believe in God, when we choose to ignore the Savior that came to rescue us, we choose to procrastinate. Now, I have talked to, and I'm sure you have as well, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people about their soul and their eternal destiny. I have not had anyone seriously say, I want to go to hell. Now, people have said that to me, but then just a little bit of poking and prodding, and they don't really mean it. They were just trying to stir me up. You know what people say? I believe in God. I believe in judgment. I believe the Bible. And maybe I'll repent, but not today. And they procrastinate. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. It is, procrastination is audacious to think, Oh, I'll have another chance tomorrow. It's audacious. Now, we need to have good habits. And so don't put, don't put things off. Say, well, I don't. Maybe let's just talk about health. And you say, well, I just don't like healthy food. I don't like eating a disciplined schedule or, or regimen. Well, I'll tell you what, that, that's true. I would say most of us would rather eat junk than healthy food. But I'll tell you what, eating healthy food sure beats eating hospital food. Don't make an audacious procrastination here and say, well, I can do that later. We say, well, I don't like to exercise. Man, it, it, it hurts my joints. It hurts my muscles. I feel tired and sore the next day. Hey, exercise uh, feels a whole lot better than once you have your first heart attack, than once you have your first whatever problem is. Listen, take care of it now. Physically do it. Say, well, I don't like to regulate and discipline myself on the internet. And, you know, it's a hassle to have a, a filter on there. And, you know, hey, it's a whole lot better than getting addicted to pornography or some filthy thing that's going to come in and destroy your life and destroy your family. Put the measures in and, and say, you know what? It's a bit of a hassle. But God saved me and God helped me. And I want to be the best I can in this new year. I want to do what's right. Procrastination is really just being content with the status quo. Procrastination is saying, yeah, you know what? You know, that's probably good, but that's so much work. I really don't like work that much. Nobody does. Nobody does. But you're going to have to say, it's better than not doing it. Maintenance on my car, maintenance on my house, cleaning up my room, washing the clothes, washing the dishes. Yeah, I hate to do it, but it's better than not doing it. 
I mean, once it starts getting out of hand, I mean, it is unbelievable. I remember as a single guy, we had three of us. We rented this house and it was awesome. We never did the dishes and all the dishes mounded up over there in the dirty in the dirty dishes stack. You know what we did? We went and bought more dishes. It was crazy. It was this avalanche of dishes. It was terrible. <laughs> I think a lot of people live that way in all sorts of ways. Do the hard things now. Do them today. There's a wonderful song. It goes like this. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delights. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. And so our invitation today is this. I want you to analyze your goals. And you've probably been wrestling with some goals and run them through these three filters. Our first one is beware of what? Selfish planning. Run it through, run it through there. So the second one, beware of what? Foolish presumption. And our third one, beware of audacious procrastination. And so Deborah and Tori, if you guys could play some music here right now, if you would like to come forward and pray and dedicate the year to the Lord, that's wonderful. If you'd like to take out your calendars and set some goals and wrestle with some things, you want to take out your phone and 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 organize some things, this is this is wonderful. This is your time to get serious about the Lord and if there is some contraband in your heart that you have discovered that God's revealed to you, kick it out. Right now is your time to kick it out. If there is something that you know God wants you to reach for and strive for and it's a little bit scary, do it. It's not audacious to strive for some good goal. It's audacious to procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were helped by that message from Pastor Brad Wells. Reach out to us anytime at gracewaydc.com or visit us in person, Sundays at 11, Thursdays at 7. Until next time, this has been Graceway Baptist Church on Capitol Hill, helping you make a difference. Oh,